This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome back to the MK1 podcast, your audio hub for everything Milton Keenstons. Well, Joe, we're back from Essex. We certainly left it late, but another three points on the board, nine from 12 in the league and sitting pretty in second, or are we? Um, we're in second. I wouldn't say it's ugly and I wouldn't say it's pretty. Uh, we're just there, I think. There's been some really great moments and there's been some really bad moments. Um, but we're scoring goals. We're conceding goals as well. Um, so, yeah, I, we're, we're doing okay. We're doing all right. Yeah, well, I mean, as as many managers said in the past, you know, if you're winning games when you're playing bad or perceivably playing bad, then... That's the signs of a pretty good team. So um, we, all we can do is hope that that is the case for MK Dons and that they continue moving forward. But yes, uh, another episode where we reflect on Saturday's game at Colchester um, and look ahead to another Saturday game. Um, it's back at Stadium K against Doncaster Rovers, who themselves had a pretty difficult start, which we'll get into later on. Um, as well as, of course, looking ahead to the last week of the transfer window, which... By the looks, things can be very busy. Yeah. No, um, no updates, guys. Uh, that's no, 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 not again. <laughs> no, we're still, still no, waiting. So, uh, yeah, we'll, yes, we'll, so we'll, we'll, we'll chat very briefly about that. But as you can imagine, uh, the clock is ticking and Alexander is well aware of that. But let's get on to Saturday, uh, Joe and Colchester. Obviously, uh, as Alex put it, a bit of a roller coaster ride of a game, to be honest. Um, there's two sides of the coin to this one, isn't there? You can say, like what Will said, that we got lucky and you know, in many ways, we definitely deserve to win the game. Uh, who really cares? But at the same time, like, we, we've got the three points. But, you know, people say, like, Albert says, papers over the cracks. Um, but obviously, it was a good start in the natural game. Obviously, we attack the wings. Cameron Norman, as he does, whips the ball into Mo. And Mo gets his fourth goal in four league games to make it 1-0. And it's a pretty positive start, really. But then, as Alexander put it in his... Um, Presses today, you know, it was masses of our own downfall. Basically, within what well, it's like five minutes of each other, um, two crosses for the first goal. Um, the left wing back spins Norman around completely, puts the ball into the box, and it's a tap in for for Joe Taylor. Um, and the second goal comes from a, a fast set piece. Um, really good delivery from the right wing back, and 
Again, I mean, the argument to the ball going in the box in the first place is there, but it's tapped in by Joe Taylor and you're 2-1 down after being 1-0 up in the space of like 5-10 minutes. So after that, both teams have chances. I think it's fair to say that Colchester had the better of the chances leading up to it, but um, some substitutions were made uh, by, by Graham Alexander. Ash Hunter was brought on and, of course, Matt Dennis was brought on and both had pivotal parts to play in the last two goals. Of course, Hunter's the one who plays the ball over to Gilby, who makes a pretty ridiculous finish into the top right corner in the 80th minute to make it 2-2. Uh, and then Ash Hunter again is the one who plays the pass to Matt Dennis in the box in the 100th minute uh, to the Don's end into a bit of a frenzy, to be honest, uh, and to make it 3-2 on the day and another three points. So, Joe, I- I'm still working out how we actually managed to get three points out of this game. Do you have any better idea than me? Um, I think when you've got good players, you've always got a chance. And I think it was a weird game because I thought we started again fantastic. We started really well. Mo again, first shot of the game. He gets he gets it on target, a fantastic header. I think Graham Alexander was saying he doesn't think he's most scored many headers before this. He's <laughs> scored two in a row now. Um and then in a way, I would say that both we didn't do well enough to stop the crosses, but at the same time, the, the balls in were absolutely fantastic. They were brilliant. And, um, you know, once they'd actually beaten them, there wasn't much we could do about it. Um, and then I thought it was just, you know, they had a little bit more pressure in the, in the first half. But other than that, they didn't really do anything. I actually looked at the XG and obviously their two goals accounted for a huge chunk of that XG. Um, and they were the only two big chances they had in the game. And if you take away those two, you know, that five-minute period, they I think they had like less than 0.5 XG in the whole game or 0.6 XG in the whole game. And, you know, we produced an XG of 1.6. And I actually think that, you know, basically for the last, from like minute sort of 75, it was pretty much all us. So like from minute sort of 15 to 75, nothing really happened. And then for the last sort of 20 minutes, we really, really did something we've not really seen in the last 18 months, really. And that was pin a team back. And I think that really was helped by having someone like Dawson Devoy on the pitch. Um, He had, uh, what was it, 14 passes into the final third. And Ethan Robson, you know, again, just the four. And because Ethan Robson actually went off around 63 for uh, for Ash Hunter. And, you know, it's important to mention, I mean, my three-word review is sub, uh, the squad making an impact. And I think, you know, Ash Hunter and Matt Dennis are great examples of that because Ash Hunter, you know, he provided the quali- two quality moments and Matt Dennis, who, I mean, we, I was, I was, if anyone was near me, they would have heard me laying into him because he just <laughs> didn't do anything for about half an hour. But then he comes up with the, the, the all-important finish. And we've not had you know, that squad to rely on. And so, you know, Ash Hunter's now getting up to speed, as we said. Matt Dennis, uh, according to Graham Alexander, who previously was nowhere near it, now comes back. You know, Lecco had an off day. Um, and I think, you know, what was really impressive was we, had, we actually had 72% uh, passing accuracy, which is quite high, uh, considering previous games. And what was impressive for me, Liam, was the fact that we actually, we did take our time a little bit in the last periods of the game. We we didn't rush things and we got our rewards. And now it's not to say that we shouldn't be playing how we have been recently because we've had success from that. But I think that just just keeping a team pinned back 
for me was really really uh, good signs and um, and just in terms of mentality we've not seen this much from Don's teams in the past 12 to 18 months so it's it, for me it is a good sign yeah absolutely I think you made some really good points there I think you know the fact that um, was the one change from the previous the previous Saturday was Devoy coming in for MJ Williams who unfortunately picked up a knock and it's potentially um, his fitness is in the balance for Doncaster game but yeah, I think having someone like Dawson coming in and again putting in a really fantastic performance, arguably one of the best performances on the pitch, really to show that, yeah, as you mentioned, maybe the depth is is kind of there, but also isn't there in some respects. But actually some players are getting up to speed, they're, they're understanding Alexander's system a bit more, they're getting more match fitness, which is good. And yeah, ultimately, we're, we're being the beneficiary of all of that. I was really interested to see, that, see how that midfield three got on because... Obviously, I we sort of associate Robson and Gilby's been quite similar players, at least in my opinion, um, in terms of how they like to press and be that sort of all-round box-to-box midfielder. Whereas Dawson Devoy is very much a bit more of a methodical player in terms of how he likes to play with the football. And you know, I think we saw that on Saturday, really. You know, with his passing accuracy being at seventy-eight percent. You know, the long balls he's pretty frequent with that, and he even got stuck in on the ground jewels. So he really put in a positive performance there, which we definitely earned him some minutes for sure in these upcoming weeks and I'm sure months, but. Don't get me wrong, I don't think it's a perfect performance at all. Um, there are definitely some hairy moments for sure, even after the goals are scored. I remember one where Tommy Smith literally turns around and just passes it back to their striker, who really should do better of what he has. And I think if that's a top-end League 2 team, they uh, take well well good advantage of those chances. But yeah, overall, I think I think the nous of Alexander to change up and where he needed to and bring on Liza Hunter and Dennis, as you said, was really, really positive. Seeing Dennis on the pitch was quite a surprise to me, but hey, he got the winning goal. Happy days to him, fair play to him. And yeah, seeing the likes of Conor Grant also come on, as, as people went on the podcast, I'm a big Conor Grant fan, and I think he could be that, if there is a missing link, that missing link in that midfield. Um, and again, offers an eruption in the squad which we didn't have for the first couple of games. So yeah, really, really pleased. And um, yeah, fantastic. Great start to the season. He actually changed to a 4-3-3 in the 77th minute, so pretty much when I said the game turned. And it, I think it was evident, really. You know, Conor Grant coming on for Tommy Smith, we go to a 4-3-3. And because we've got those three players in the middle that are there, for, we, they've actually got players in front of them to pass to. We were able to just kind of grind it out and keep going. And I want to say Mo Issa, I think, you know, OK, yes, he had his, um, he had, uh, his goal. But outside of that, he he um he was quite unlucky with his shot in the first half. That I think he missed just before half time. Um, but like out of possession, I think he was absolutely fantastic. He had two successful dribbles, so just holding the ball up. Um, he he um, recovered the ball three times. He won most of his ground duels. He he um he also won a couple of fouls and he won a couple of aerials as well. And I think just he was really good. Um just all-round selfless performance, which I think, unfortunately, couldn't have been said for Lecco. And I think Smith was off it as well. And yeah. I don't think Harvey was particularly at the races. So I think another thing that's pleasing to see is that, you know, the manager's recognising that. He's tweaking things round. And so, you know, it's positive changes from the manager. He's not he's not saying, oh, you know, let's 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 take the... Let's just keep what we've got and go again next week. He's, he's making these changes with 15, 20 minutes to go. And they've had positive impact. Um, I think a lot was made of the Lecco sort of having a go at, you know, I think there wasn't too much in it. I think that's just normal 
manager and player stuff that we just don't see normally on the pitch. I'm sure that there's been a lot worse said in dressing rooms up and down the country this weekend. So, yeah, um, I mean, I'd, I want to speak about Ashanta Loom. I think maybe, do you think he could maybe have uh, put himself in contention for a start this weekend and even maybe cause um, cause Graham Alexander to think about potentially even changing the system? Because I think his... He didn't necessarily, you know, dribble past 10 players and do this and that. But for me, he was neat. He was tidy and he was, he was quick. It was almost in his brain. He knew what he was going to do before he got the ball. And I think that that sort of composure is something we've maybe missed in recent times. Yeah, well, I mean, when you look at the likes of, as you said, Leco having a, well, as I said, put a bit of a selfish performance. And then Tommy Smith not particularly setting the world alight for the first time this season, you know. And you said Ash Hunter coming on, getting two assists within six passes of the football and, you know, really making that impact. I think it's hard not to say that he definitely has a chance for sure. Um, and without getting too much as to how Doncaster are probably going to play, we are probably going to need that player who is going to be able to sit in the pocket, a bit like a Hunter, a bit like a Grant maybe, who can just drive the ball and pick out passes and actually get the team at field. Um, and definitely offers something different to whether that be Leco, whether that be um, like a... If you want, I mean, I'd be having enormous, maybe something like Tommy Smith coming of Tommy Smith potentially, but yeah, it's, I'd say it. Listen, if you're gonna get two assists and essentially play a massive, massive hand in your team winning a football match, you always have a chance of doing that. It's just whether you change system this early on in the season from minute one. Um, but again, I suppose that's just uh, that'd be up to Alexander, and I think he's known he's been happily done it before in terms of changing the system for other teams he's been at Salford and Scunthorpe for example that has seen success so yeah to answer the question absolutely for sure I think you can't deny his performance his impact it's and as you mentioned the one minute seems to get the better he is so yeah I think if he can get 45-60 minutes at the weekend for sure and maybe have that instant impact because I think we are going to need an early goal in this game on Saturday then yeah I, I think he's got a shout for sure and I think as well when you mentioned about the formations. I think of Brentford, you know, they when, when they play against teams that maybe um, are a bit lower down than them in the table or teams that they'd expect to beat, you do often see them play with four at the back. But when they play one of the bigger teams, you know, they, they do like to play a three at the back. But I think, you know, different formations suit different teams. And, you know, you might, if you're going to be more counter-attacking, you might want to play a, a three at the back formation. However, if you're going to be, uh, if a team is potentially going to be sitting off, which we, you know, we may see on Saturday. Uh, maybe a four at the back formation might be more preferred. Um, I guess the other, another thing just to mention from the game that, again, two goals conceded. Um, so a not good, um, and b two crosses again, Liam. So do you think that it was more just mistakes letting the ball go in? But are you going to kind of give them a bit of the benefit of the doubt and say, look, they were great balls in, or do you? think it's really somewhere that needs to be nailed down. Um I think I think the second goal you can let off. I think that was a pretty bloody good ball. Um not not one that we've seen a lead too many times this season for sure. Um from their right wing back. So yeah, fine, I'll let that one off. Um I, I think in both situations Norman and, and Robson were both a bit passive when it came to this letting they were just jockeying and not really making a tackle. I think Listen, I mean, hindsight tells you that the balls would go in the back of the net if, if they were in the box, but and, and delivery was really, really good, particularly for the second goal. But 
I think you just put a foot in at some point and at the end of the day, you're not going to make a penalty. So it's a, it's a not a harmless free kick, but a free kick in a pretty difficult position on the edge of the box where you're going to find it difficult to out-muscle and outreach a pretty tall Don's team ultimately and a, and a pretty aggressive keeper in, in McGivory. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure Alexander's had a word with him before, um, at, in training this week. Um, but, yeah, I mean, is it historical issues of conceding one and then conceding another straight after potentially? But I'm not too concerned about it. I don't imagine that will happen every week in League Two. Um, but yeah, it, it was slightly concerning for about five minutes. But I think they actually recovered from that. And once they had a bit of conversation with Alexander, they actually stopped that happening. And uh, yeah, it was just a bit of a blip, I imagine. And um, you mentioned about training. Well, it's the first week um, of full training since the season started. So, um, Liam, what I'd like to know is how many days uh, has Graham Alexander just been pinging balls into the box until they get it right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I reckon every single day at least 20 times um yeah <laughs> but no i mean obviously this as you mentioned you know we you mentioned about how pet pinning uh colchester back and the first time you've seen it in a long time joe do you reckon this is a an mk don's team that is potentially a new identity of the club as opposed to the one where you know whilst we bang on about the mk way all the time it's i think it's very different now and is Alexander instilling or is trying to instill that new MK Dons that potentially we haven't seen in years gone by? Yeah, I think, well, for, for Graham, yeah, I think you can, I think it's quite obvious that he's he's not going to, he's not doing this to win any style points, but that doesn't necessarily mean the style needs to be bad. And I think even when we have been on topping games in the last sort of two years, it's not necessarily been, it's been sort of pinning teams back, but it's just been passing it round and then maybe we make a mistake and the ball gets cleared. Whereas this seemed genuinely dangerous in transition. It was committing bodies and even potentially leaving ourselves short. And I think a lot of it is kind of a mindset as well, where the players, you know, Alex Gilby, we, we mentioned about how he was at Crawley and how he was basically doing the running for two people at some points. And he was almost, you know, he was the one pressing the centre-backs at times and he's a central midfielder. But I think it's just the fact of, you know, how can you not be sort of inspired when you see your captain running, busting a gut, running through in the 90th minute and slotting that ball away? And I think a bit of composure at the back as well. Um, when I think Colchester probably sensed, oh crap, we're, you know, these are on one here. And so I think naturally they would have sat back as well. And I think O'Hara Tucker recognised that. So they sort of, caught, sort of thought, well, if they're dropping off, you know, why are we? There's no point just lumping it long or playing for the channels. However, you know, I think playing for the channels and stuff, we saw great success with that at Wrexham when a team was trying to press us really high. It was really effective. So, I think it's it's, it's not a necessarily a. I think with Graham, which we're going to see, which maybe is different from the likes of Liam Manning or Russell Martin, is it's not necessarily Plan A, and then if Plan A doesn't work we do plan to get plan A again. I think we are going to mix it up depending on the situation. So, you know, as I say, Wrexham, we were more, we, we did go quite direct, but it was very effective because they were attacking a lot. Whereas in, in other games, I think when we do have a chance to have the ball at our feet, you know, you, you're not going to just, if, if they're dropping off, there's no point just lumping it to Mo and when he's crowded by two defenders. But if, if they're, if they're on the attack and we turn the ball over, you know, 
playing into the channels is a good idea to get some territory and have Mo or Leko running one on one against the defence. So, yeah, I think it's really good that we've been that, that I think, and I don't don't even think that's necessarily a, a deliberate instruction, but I think it's the team recognising on the pitch the the match situation. So, it's good to see. Um, yeah, still some things I'm not happy with or, or delighted with, but you know if we're working these things out while still picking up points, then great. Um, and I think it's been levelled at us as well. You know, we've not necessarily created loads of chances. Uh, we did create quite a few chances. I think we had nearly two XG. Um, so, okay, yeah, we might have overperformed that. But 17 shots in the game um, is pretty, pretty good and shows that and then 11 of them were inside the box. So it's not as if we were just kind of lumping it from all over the shop. Um so, yeah, and you've got to remember, this is a team away from home against a young team full of energy, and they've obviously got quality, but I think we just saw some of Colchester's like inconsistency. Yeah, that Colchester team, definitely got a bunch of characters in there, hasn't it? Especially in the front line, but um, yeah, no, I think if they can click together, they'll be fine this year. It's just, uh, but like our opponents on Saturday, a few teething issues that they're trying to work through, and um, yeah, they showed in a promise um, against a, a team that's also second in the league, and aiming to stay there for the rest of the season, I imagine, if not get one better um, and hit that top spot. So with about a week left of the transfer window, just north of that, really. Um, and once again, uh, reporting in with zero transfer activity uh, from a Don's perspective in or out, which is, I mean, it's disappointing, um, but it seems to be, especially this summer, the nature of this, the EFL at the moment, it's, it's a bit ridiculous, to be honest, I think. All these clubs are just, especially Premier League clubs, just waiting so so long to release these players, and that's having a sort of ripple effect to the rest of the pyramid, and it's a bit of a pain in the ass. But I mean, in terms of our transfer target list, I mean, Graham has under expressed his frustration, but he still wants two or three bodies in the door, absolutely minimum. So, I mean, it it has to be for me, Joe, a, a striker, a right back, and maybe another attacker. I mean, what do you reckon? Yeah, for me. Um, a, a striker in a very specific style as well um, more of a target man a hold up guy um, I think as well uh, competition for centre back I think okay. we, we you know I think O'Hora and Tucker are decent and so is Tommy Smith but I don't know whether you know you can rely on Tommy Smith and Dean Lewington for a full season Dean Lewington's picked up a couple of injuries last 18 months as good as he is we did see signs at the end of last season that you know it might be this might be season. <laughs> might might be um i think competition for that midfield area as well will be healthy um ethan robson again he has his qualities but he's not the finished article same with dawson has his qualities not the finished article um and then yeah like you say maybe like another ash hunter type just someone that you know you can rely on and because i'm not really having holland to be quite honest with you okay he's not necessarily done anything wrong but i just think he's he's an okay squad option but I've not really seen anything in the past six weeks to make me think, yeah, I'll, oh, oh, he'll, he'll help us out off the bench. Whereas, as I say with Hunter, he's got stuck in and he's shown a bit of quality. So, um, and then, yeah, back up right back as well. But I think definitely the striker and, for me, the central midfielder are the two main ones. Um, I mean, there is has been a sort of bit of transfer news in the sense that we may be receiving some money for a player that isn't ours. Oh, yes, <laughs> uh, of course. Sam Nombe is rumoured to be moving to Barnsley for around £1 million. And word on the street, um, 
So here we go. Our reliable sources, i.e. people on Twitter, um, I think it's around 20, 25% sell-on. So, you know, a couple hundred thousand could be nice for the kitty um, or for whatever else it gets used for. Yes, no need to mention what that could be. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, I, I, you'd imagine, I know Alexander hasn't used any loan spots yet. You'd imagine he uses one or two here, surely. I think, I know he's got his list of targets that he wants and you'd imagine the striker would be a permanent option, but particularly for another attacker potentially or a right back um, or even a centre-back in some respects. You'd have to imagine that at least one of those would be loans, maybe even more than that because... Like there'll be so many good options on the low market, and I know Alexander wants to people in the building to be like club assets, for example. Um, but we've seen over the years the amount of quality we can get from loans. Maybe last season is difficult, but uh, previous seasons we we have been able to be pretty good at that market. Yeah, and I think as well one thing to and again this is me kind of just trying to hope in my head that everything will be okay. Pretty much since January, every signing we have made has been good, or at least above average. You know, think of ones we brought in this summer. Ash Hunter, likely to be on absolute peanuts um, uh, after a couple of underwhelming seasons. He's come in and he's really shown some, you know, decent form. McGillivray uh, um, and, uh, oh gosh, um, uh, Gilby and Williams, probably your more marquee signings, but they've all slotted in made their places their own. And Tommy Smith as well, similar to Ash Hunter, a bit of an underwhelming season last season, coming towards the end of his career, but he's done a job for us so far and really slotted in nicely. So, And then even if you look back to last January, we made some really solid signings there um, that made an impact immediately and fitted the profile of what we needed. So I am kind of clinging on to that. And we saw that under Liam Manning in that summer, we went boom, 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 boom. And we were left with, oh, uh, right, okay. So we're kind of going the complete opposite this this time. And um, I hope it, you know, I'd like to think it that, you know, we're, we're not compromising. That's what I'm pleased to see. We're not just getting a body in for the sake of it. Um, it may come to that later on in the window, but yes. I think it's the yeah. sensible thing to do. I know, you know, if, if we were to announce some average players at the start of the window versus average the you know at the end of the day we've missed they've missed four games four or five games if they sign in the next week or so mm. so i'd much rather get the right person in than rush and blow our load so to speak on average players because you i've heard stories before of a player all of a sudden you know a player might be asking for five grand a week five grand a week and then there's a a couple of days left to go in the window and all of a sudden you can get them for two and a half or, you know, so it's something like that. It's, it's just these crazy things can happen and it's the world of football. And once, you know, and so many times you've got, you've got club A awaiting for club B to sell their striker so that they can get that guy in as their backup, which then means that they'll let someone else go out on loan. And so I think at the moment there's a lull. Now the season started. And you've actually not seen many transfers at all. Yeah. But I think in the next week, it's going to start going batshit crazy. Um, so just don't panic, <laughs> I guess. I'm, just, I'm trying to convince myself here. Um, but I mean, yeah, I'm just, I think we we should be okay. Yeah, the TV is it for <laughs> that, Joe. Is, uh... is that some squad players did make an impact. Yeah, that's absolutely, absolutely. And, and the two things I took from that was that please, 
God, don't let us have another J. Manuel Thomas, Simon Church, said on day double signing because that would be absolutely god awful. It was Alex Ravel. It was Alex Ravel. Was it? Simon Church was a summer signing, my friend. Ah, uh, well, you get the point. <laughs> you get the point. But yeah, and then the second point is that, yeah, I think next week's episode is going to be a long one, right? Because, I mean, you'd hope that it would have quite a few in the door by then. Um, and then potentially some out, who knows? But we'll get on to that next week. And I'm sure, well, I pray and I, I hope that we do have something to talk about transfer wise. But we'll take a short little break and then we will get into our Doncaster preview. Picture the scene all of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome back, and it's a welcome back to Stadium K for the Dons as they take on Doncaster Rovers on Saturday in a hopefully sunny Stadium K. Uh, Joe, obviously Doncaster, not the best start to the season, but I'm sure you give us an overview of their league positions and their position at the moment. Yeah, it's been, I think there's no way to really skirt around it. A bad start to the season for Doncaster. Um, a lot was actually expected of them, really. Um, I think playoffs were I think they were with I think they may have even been above us in the betting Liam. Yeah, like seven for eight favourites. Seven for eight favourites. They currently find themselves in the relegation zones with Col- uh, Colchester, um, having played four games and just one draw from those four games. Um only two teams have scored less goals than them and only one team have scored have conceded more goals than them and that team has had its goalkeeper retire uh, <laughs> due to conceding so many goals um, so yeah I think that kind of explains where they are but I mean I think you're going to get into it a bit more they did have had some quite um, eye-catching transfer business uh, Grant McCann's come back to the to Doncaster again um, after his spells at Peterborough and Hull City um, but Liam whereabouts has it really been going wrong and what have, what have Doncaster been doing so far this season well, I mean, it's a classic equation of not creating a lot. Um, third lowest open play expected goals in the league at 2.23 out of the four games so far. And conceding quite a lot of chances. Um, so the That's top six... That's not a good mix. Yeah, for open play, XG allowed at 4.62. That is so, not a good mix. <laughs> no, not really. Um, this doesn't really equate for a playoff form, really, to be honest with you. Um, but I think when you actually look at the, the games that are played so far in the league... Um, you look at it and it's very much, I don't think McCann's figured out how he wants his Doncaster team to actually play. Um, but obviously three league games this season and it's been three different formations for every single game. So I think they started off as at the 4-4-2. They went to the 4-3-3. Now it's the 4-2-3-1. So to start that, start that way as part of your season isn't the best way to go really. And 
I'm assuming the players are just a bit baffled as to how they're actually meant to play. Um, so yeah, it's not great, but they have made some decent signings, which, as you mentioned, I do think they've got some good players in that squad. Uh, a player who we're very familiar to Don's fans is uh, Joe Ironside, who has been starting up front for, for um, Doncaster in all three league games so far. Obviously, he was at Cambridge last season and there's certainly a handful up top. And I think with the signing of uh, Mo Fowl recently from West Bromwich Albion on loan, I think those two together, if they can get clicking in a 4-4-2, could actually be quite a dangerous duo Um, because could cause teams like Dons and other, t- and other clubs in the league problems for sure if they can get clicking. Uh, <clears throat> Um, but if you look at like other like more like minute and bit more focused data, I think I think that uh, Doncaster and Dons are fairly similar in terms of like their pressing and like where they control the football. Um, you know, the pressing wise, I think Dons are both Dons Doncaster, Dons Doncaster are bottom ten, but and the zones of control they tend to like to have possession in their own half, but let the other team control it in theirs, so they let, like sit off a little bit. So. It could be a game of cat and mouse in many ways, but I would fancy Dons with our transition at the moment, how we're playing on the counter-attack, particularly against Wrexham and, and in Colchester in many ways, to really take the game by the of the neck in many ways. And I think when you know, when you also note that I think Doncaster have been particularly poor against wing play recently, the likes of Cameron Norman should really thrive in this game and, and again, add to his assist tally from Saturday. Um, and hopefully playing the likes of Mo and who else in the box to get some chances. Um, but actually imagine with a, with a slow pressing team and a team that likes to not really control the ball too much, they're, they're quite slow and direct, so they like to catch teams out a little bit. So I don't think they'll try and play through MK traditionally. Um, so it'll very much be a case of, again, a bit like Cat and Mouse, trying to work out when to catch them out and using the likes of Mo. Uh, Jonathan Lecco and the rest of the squad to really just go through that. But um, as Don Tanzi usually know, I played Doncaster a lot recently and these games tend to be quite close scoring ones. Obviously, the last six games he had played against it has been decided by one goal or less. And of course, the last two times we played Doncaster was the 21-22 season, which we lost both games to them and you could argue cost us automatic promotion. So, uh, yeah. Is that the only Bring team that's done the double over us? Yep. Oh, no, Wednesday. I think Wednesday did as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, Doncaster is much more notable. Yeah, I know. Oh, goodness me. That's... So I just bring that up. Yeah, that was um, good. good. <laughs> that was both games as well. They were hilariously bad. Like, yeah, that away game was crap. shocking. Yeah. No, but like, I'm not even on about, like, they were crap. We just couldn't score. <laughs> <laughs> like, in both games, it wasn't as if, oh, you know, they, they got them plucky underdogs, but... I mean, a lot's changed since then, hasn't it, I guess? For both teams, yeah. I mean, look both at us now teams, in League yeah. 2. Indeed, indeed. Well, I mean, to back what you set up, and I think you've summarised very well, uh, we had a mole at the game on Saturday, didn't we, Liv? Um, our good Which friend, uh, Dan Landy, Notts County fan. Uh, he'll be appearing on this podcast in two weeks' time. Um, and so I've got a little, um, a little bit from Dan here just uh, talking about the game. Uh, from Saturday, where Notts County won three-one away to uh, away to Doncaster, uh, I was very underwhelmed by Doncaster. I'd have argued they built a team ready to challenge for playoffs, but after two poor results and a draw at home, I did expect them to come out with reaction. But to be honest, they were second best all for the for all the ninety minutes. They were quite happy to sit back and let us have the majority of the possession without a plan to press at all. Really, they sat back, but without any real solidity and allowed us to have a couple of good chances along, along with the goals we scored. 
they did force our keeper into one good save relatively late on and they and they got a goal in stoppage time but that was from our own sloppy person in our own third the only chance other than that were tame or just extremely poor finishing um, so I think that backs it up quite well. And now the one thing I would caveat that with is obviously the way Notts County do play is very, very extreme. So I do, would think that, you know, maybe not Doncaster's plan against Notts County was to deliberately sit back and deliberately, you know, maybe try and catch them on the counter-attack. But obviously it just appears they didn't do that very well. So, I mean, Liam, maybe it could be a case of, I think, as you say, they, I think they might, might actually be playing the ball a little bit more, um, but I think there's still going to be an element of. I, I can, it's weirdly, I don't think either of us want the ball, do we? <laughs> in, in this no, game, not at all. I think both teams are quite well suited to actually play on the counter attack. Um, but what I would say, as you as you've mentioned there, Notts County play with the three at the back, and their wing backs, uh, um, Sam Austin and Jody Jones, they got a goal and assist. And um, Langstaff, um, the, the striker, he scored from two crosses. Um, and so I think that backs up your point quite well there um, in terms of the, the wide players. And if they're playing four, um, you know, then Dan Harvey and Norman could really have some joy. Um, and but, but I wonder then again, as we've mentioned, if they are going to sit back, I guess my question to you is, could you see us maybe taking Smith out for, for Hunter? And we look a bit more like the team that finished the game and have maybe Icer on the left, um, Lecco down the middle and uh, and Hunter on the right, perhaps. Four, yeah, three, we, three. yeah we, we have to use loose eyes of width, don't we, for this game. I think that's the main thing that obviously we're taking from Landy's points, we're taking from our points, that the width and using the likes of Norman and other players in the squad, it is it's gonna be massive. Um and obviously with how big the Stadium K pitch actually is as well. Like it's it's a perfect opportunity to utilise that and really to stretch the pitch. And we have runners like Gilby and Robson for a reason to actually cover, I should say, multiple players if they have to. Um so yeah, we can really take this game by scrapping the neck. I think we will have more of the ball than we want to, but again, it's just being effective with it and a bit more cutthroat than we have been previously. And I'm sure that with the training sessions that Alexander's had um, since the start of the season, um, he's been drilling that into the players and utilising game plan that he wants to. I think it'd be a very interesting team. Obviously, if MJ Williams does make it back, um, I'm not expecting him to. It sounds like a very touch-and-go situation. I'd rather not risk him considering he's such an important player uh, heading into the rest of the season. But I am confident that the team, with or without him, can get a job done against this Doncaster team. I think it's a good time to play them. Bit like um bit like Colchester, a bit like Wrexham in many ways. Um and yeah, I think the schedule's been fairly kind to us to be fair. Yeah, at the, at the start it did look like quite a tricky schedule, but um I mean I'm not counting our chickens yet on to, in terms of schedule because I think we've got Knox County and Stockport, Stockport in yeah. back in back to back home games and uh, <laughs> yeah, that'll be fun. Um but I think that then again I would counter at that with again with Knox County played a three at the back. So actually, you know, they showed that they could really stretch them with the three at the back. So, and then they sort of have um, McGoldrick and uh, Dan Crowley play as sort of two uh, number 10s like the box formation. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a really tricky one actually for Graham Alexander because he's kind of half guessing what, what Doncaster are actually going to do. Because as you say, they've basically done a bit of everything this season. So, you know, who knows? They could switch to a three at the back and just completely rip up the textbook because what they've been doing so far this season hasn't been working and it's quite obvious that um, Graham, uh, 
Grant McCann isn't scared to do that. Um, but yeah, you mentioned uh, Ironside. They also got Richard Wood, the yeah. um, the uh, centre back. So I'm thinking, you know, if they are going to be going forward a bit, because you, you think of Richard Wood with Rotherham, you know, it wasn't Rotherham weren't necessarily a team that played high line, or <laughs> you know, Rotherham were a great pressing team, but he he, you know. They wouldn't have left Richard Wood. I think Richard Wood, they played three at the back as well. So Richard Wood always did have, have a bit more protection. Now, fantastic edge-of-your-box defender and things like that. But if in transition, I think that's somewhere we can really get at them. Um, but like you said, they've got some tidy players. Um, they got a lot of business done early. Uh, yeah. Maybe that's the kiss of death. Maybe that's the kiss of death. That's, no, that will too well. Um, uh, but yeah, but no. I think... It's another one of them where you know they are, I'm expecting a reaction from them as as Dan was, and I just hope they disappoint again. But as you say, they've got some League One quality players in there. Joe Ironside for the, how many goals has he scored? In he scored um, oh god I last season. He scored oh, oh he scored six last season. I'm right. He scored fourteen the season before. So okay. See, it was a team of um, Sam Smith, wasn't he? So Sam Smith was taking the plaudits, weren't yeah. he? Yeah. Well, and th- that's another thing, though. Ironside, traditionally, you'd associate him playing with a striker like Sam Smith or with Harvey Nib- Nibs playing off him. So maybe, it, you know, uh, Ironside, he didn't have many touches of the ball on Saturday. Um, so I think maybe he's just been a bit isolated, perhaps, as well. So um, Yeah, which is why I'm fully yeah. expecting the 4-4-2 from McCann and playing foul alongside him, because... I mean, literally, I think it'll be two banks of four and then literally lump it up to Ironside and knock it down to Fowl and see what he can do. Um, and that, that'll probably be the yeah. game plan. And Fowl did have a couple of shots when he came on as well. So, you know, he obviously was a bit bit lively as well. Um, but I think in an early season, it's hard to tell, you know, I think there are obvious signs. Like I think Gillingham have really set out their marker, set out their stall well. Um, I think Barrow, they've put in some good Barrow and Crawley. They've both sort of turned up and announced their arrivals. Um, but you've got teams like Bradford and Stockport over, you know, 16th and 18th. But I think we both know that they're, the quality in their teams, they, they surely just can't be there for that long. Same with Wrexham, you know, who are in 15th. So I think that it's it's so difficult to judge where teams are so far. Um, I think um, I think that these this this is a team which should be fine relegation wise. Um, I think that you know they're not a bottom two team in my opinion, but as you say, it could be a good time to play them while whilst they haven't quite clicked into gear yet. Yeah, no, it's very important as you mentioned with all those teams down the bottom half at the moment to just get points early and just stack them up, um, get a head start while you can, and you know this game. A bit like Saturday provides perfect opportunity to do that, and like I said, with Colchester, I do think at the moment, at least, you've got to be in teams like Doncaster um, if you want to be in the top 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 seven minimum. So, yeah, I think a quick note as well on Doncaster. Um, so uh, Doncaster is the game on New Year's Day. So if anyone fancies a night out in Doncaster, <laughs> <laughs> you, you'll know where to find me <laughs> on New Year's Eve. I was actually looking at trains earlier for like the upcoming ways, and yeah, I did see that for Doncaster game on New Year's. So yeah. an interesting one. Naughtier than a night out in Donny. <laughs> <laughs> right, I think that brings us very nicely to the end of this week's episode. Uh, thank you, as always, for listening. Hopefully next week, I say a lot more on transfers, and there are three points to react to, and hopefully look forward to, um, heading into September. But until then, come on, you dons. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. 
Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.